Well, good afternoon, Jimmy. Good afternoon, Dylan. Uh, just a brief introduction about ourselves. Jimmy and I met each other when we were at a church camp called Camp Indigan here in northern Indiana. Uh, Jimmy and I have been friends for several years at this point, <laughs> known each other since we were uh, very young men. Uh, we're quite excited to to bring this to you guys. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. So, the reason why we wanted to do this, you know, I I really like. I know it's kind of weird, but I, I I enjoy. I'm the type of person who enjoys politics. I. And I'm not. I'm not sure if you, I'll. I'll let you speak about this on your own accord. But I personally like politics. I like paying attention to what's going on. And there's been a lot happening. It kind of started when the pandemic kind of rolled around, especially when churches were being closed. Uh, government was starting to make decisions for churches, not just the Church of Christ, but those who claim the title Christian, you know, like Catholics, everyone was being shut down. And that's when I kind of knew that, well, it's been happening for a while, but it's really when I was awoken by how we're starting to really be under attack. And this is this is the reason why I kind of wanted to start this. Transformed is a podcast, a Christian podcast affiliated with the Church of Christ, covering many major social and political difficulties that will arise and it will come during our walk in the kingdom of Christ. So that's kind of that's kind of what we wanted to do. Um we want to talk about these certain issues and we want to dive deep into the scriptures and and see what God has to say about these certain issues. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot in the Bible that speaks to some of the things that we're going through. Uh, obviously, we understand that the the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. So all these issues that we face today are issues that Christians throughout history have faced. And it's good for us to band oh, together absolutely. in different ways to uh, ensure that we are pushing each other, that we are uh, growing together. Uh, absolutely. Christians are, are so encouraged by their fellowship. You know, you get done with Sunday worship. You, you got a big smile on your face as you're going home. And then you start to go throughout the rest of your week and you go back to work Monday. And, uh, you know, in my case this week, you blow a tire on the way home from work Monday afternoon. And uh, that week just immediately goes downhill. So having things like podcasts, uh, midweek studies, uh, uh, personal Bible studies, you know, all these things are great for us as Christians that uh, we might encourage each other as we continue to face some of these difficulties within the world. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this is also a good way to help your knowledge in the scriptures. I mean, we're not going to be right all the time, but I want to use the scriptures instead of my own opinions. And I, I and I will definitely share my opinions, but 
I want to see what the scripture says and see if my opinions are aligned with what the scripture says. Yeah. So why don't you read the the verse for the theme? So as as I already stated before, this this podcast is called Transformed, and we found the perfect verse that aligns with what we wanted to do with this and if you will turn into turn to romans chapter 12 romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, that's really the theme of this show. That's what we wanted to do, is to help you transform your mind. To help and prove that God's will is acceptable and perfect. So, just uh, another thing to point out before we uh, really get into today's lesson uh, if you would like to email us, you can email us at transformedreal at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page that you can check out at transformedreal. Uh, just uh, to keep in touch with us, if you have any questions, to let us know any topics that you would like us to cover. Uh, all these things would be encouraging to us to hear back from you guys as we start to put these things out there and uh, start to try to to see how they go. Uh, so with that, I'm going to lead us in an opening prayer before we get into today's discussion. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. We thank you for the first day of fall and uh, what the seasons mean as we uh, look out into your creation and as we see the the way that the, the earth obeys your will, uh, that you have promised us the seasons uh, with, with their times and uh, putting them in their places that uh, we can again understand your power, that these things that are so beyond our control are are totally under your will. We thank you for being a great and mighty God and ask that you would help us to uh, continue in this mission to transform our minds, that we may put on a mind that is like Christ and uh, to live with an acceptable life. Uh, we thank you, Father, for having uh, such mercy upon us. Uh, for your your will for us not being so difficult that we might not be able to accomplish it, but uh, giving us a reasonable goal to present our bodies a living sacrifice to you each and every day. We thank you, Father, for your Son, for his love for us and his obedience to you that we might have an example to imitate. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's dive down here into this lesson. So... The first thing we need to talk about is why must we withstand conformity? Why 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 should we? 
withstand conformity? Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge that to condone sin is in itself sinful. That means if you say, hey, what they're doing is okay, you know, I'll support that person. I'll support that particular group that that supports that sin. If you support sin, that is sinful. Let, let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 32. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, we as humans might say, yeah, a murderer is worthy of death. Indeed, a thief is worthy of punishment. But in the end, so do also those who condone them. To condone sin is the beginning of conformity. Yeah, and let's pick up some of the context here for this verse as we look back. Uh, beginning there in verse 28 of Romans chapter 1, it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So he goes through this list here of all these these sins, these terrible things. And he says there at the beginning of verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, those who know the righteous judgment of God will know that the people that are involved in these things, in sexual immorality, in wickedness, in covetousness, all of these terrible things that he lists here are deserving of death. But then he says, not only the ones who practice those things, but also approve of those who practice those things. And so, as you said, or condoning these things is the beginning of how we ourselves begin to conform. We ourselves begin to take on uh, the shape of the world. Uh, we read through Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2 there. Um, one of my favorite illustrations that I ever heard about that verse, the, uh, uh, the speaker was talking about how the wording uh, illustrates like a wax seal. How you know you have something metallic that you uh, pick up the wax with and press it, and normally it would form an image into the seal. And in the same way, I like to think of Play-Doh. Uh, we have a lot of Play-Doh in our house because we we babysit, and so with Play-Doh you can take that and you can squish it and you can mold it into whatever shape you want it to be. And that's really what the world is trying to do to us. The world is trying to squish us, to push us, pressure us 
and to taking on an image that looks like them. But we, as we transform our minds, as we continue to study in God's word, should be growing beyond the habits of the world and thinking back to where it is that we came from. You know, we as Christians, uh, those of us who are Christians have heard the, the good news of Jesus Christ and have made those changes to our lives that were necessary to put him on in baptism. Uh, we look back at the old man and, you know, Paul writes the wording there that we put off the old man of sin as we rise in newness of life. And so uh, my favorite example of that is being the, the dirty work clothes at the end of the day. Uh, you take off some mm. of those dirty work clothes and you, you look at them, you pick them back up and you say, I can't believe I smelled that bad after I got done with work. You wouldn't put those clothes back on. And so uh, there's so many other ways that you could illustrate that, that you wouldn't make it a habit to drink swamp water, something that is clearly disgusting. And so as Christians, our minds should transform to the point that that's the way we look at those old sinful practices, that that is something that we wouldn't even begin to think of uh, beginning to partake in. Yeah, I agree. So we have to transform our minds. You know, the verse that we read, the main theme verse of the show, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the challenge that should be taken up daily, every day, is to exercise your mind in the things that Christ would have you do, that it might be renewed. Notice what verse 1 says in chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Be a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. We have to be a living sacrifice. Just like Jesus was. He was the living sacrifice for our sins. I hear all the time Christians say, Oh, I, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to I, I want to be like him because he died for me. He died for my sins. That's a good thing. So are you willing to do what he did? Are you willing to be a noble and holy and acceptable sacrifice for God. And and that's a that's a really hard thing to I mean you're talking about <clears throat> you're talking about laying down your life for someone who you've never seen before in your life here on this world. You've never seen them before. And yet. You want to be able to. Lay down your life for him. That That's the kind of. That's the kind of mindset. We have to start transforming into. You know. We, we have to be. That living sacrifice. 
for God. And you notice there too what he says in in verse one as well. To present yourselves or present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is not something that is extraordinary for us as Christians to do. This is something that is is basic. Uh, this is something that is reasonable for God to ask us to do in exchange for the sacrifice that he made on our behalf, uh, that he would ask us to present ourselves a living sacrifice each and every day. And one of my my favorite things about this is to realize that it's not very often that we get rewarded for doing the bare, reasonable amount of work. And yet that's what God does for right. us. Yeah. If If we were at work and... Uh, we simply just did our job exactly to a T, how our boss asked us to do it. We didn't go above that. We didn't go less than that. We just did it right there, how our boss asked us to do it. You don't get any extra reward. There's no bonuses for that. There's no congratulations. You have done what you said you would do. And, and we as Christians need to realize that sometimes, that when we live as Christians, that's already what we said we would do when we put Christ on in baptism. Uh, we make that pledge to him that we are going to sacrifice our lives and that we are going to live for him. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is that we live for Christ because Christ died for us. He's not here in this world any longer uh, because he, he allowed his body that was here in this world to be crucified. Uh, that all of us, all of us Christians that are around the world uh, would take up the life that he, he once lived and to to live that in a pleasing manner for him. We also need to transform our minds into a way where we learn to hate sin. We need to be able to have our minds to hate sin as much as you'd hate drinking that swamp water that you referenced to earlier. And Psalm 97, verse 10 says, you who love the Lord hate evil. Now, we do not hate sinners. You know, everyone keeps saying, you. everyone in the church has heard, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. That's what we gotta do. We don't hate people for the choices that they make on their own well-being. Everyone decides what they want to do. And we we have a choice to either, you know, we hate the sin or we can we can condone that person for loving that sin the choice is up to us what we're going to do now if you want to follow christ i mean the choice is obvious clear you want to con- you want to hate that sin you have to hate that sin and something else that that's going to be mentioned earlier you know we're going to be talking about love here in a minute we got to remember that if we're going to live for god 
we have to keep in mind always that when we're dealing with sinners, we always have to keep in the forefront of our minds that God is love. And so that, that's a really important thing whenever we're whenever we're challenging ourselves to live more like Christ and have that godly mindset, whenever we're talking to someone who does not believe in God or is not put who's not part of the the kingdom, that we have to treat everyone with love. Because God is love. And that's what he would want us to do. But we, ha we cannot condone their sins. Yeah, and you look at the world, the state that the <clears throat> world is in today, and the way that they view the religious world. Uh, you saw a lot, of, a lot of drama on the news surrounding some of these uh, bigger, uh, bigger Christian organizations in the world. Uh, one that always comes to mind is the the mess that occurred uh, because of Westboro Baptist Church. You, you see so many terrible opinions on religion that came out of the news, the drama that surrounded Westboro Baptist Church, because they they had the the idea in mind that they weren't going to condone sin, that they were going to be sure that they took a Christ-like stance against sin, yeah. but they did so in a manner lacking love they did so in a manner that was you know as paul said uh full of zeal lacking understanding uh they they completely went and and destroyed the people's uh, people's image of the church they destroyed the reputation of christ yeah yeah you know i've <laughs> people at my home congregation know that I like to really hammer on these televangelists like Joel Olstein, you know. He gets him and others, you know, they 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 have like the women preachers. They get millions and millions of people watching their their programs. You listen to them speak, and the things you hear, it's just all man-made opinions. There's rarely ever any scripture. You look at, like, Joel Olstein's Twitter. How many times does he post a scripture verse on his Twitter? I think someone said, like, ten times a year, maybe. If you're a so-called pastor televangelist you're trying to spread god's word well god's word you i mean you gotta you gotta actually try instead of having your own man-made opinions which earn him millions and millions of dollars every year to teach people what they want to hear and that's the reason why religion is getting such a bad rap is because of people who choose to how do i want to say this to um to use religion in a way for 
profitable gain for own um for their own ego and that that's really the reason that religion is under such scrutiny these days it's all because of people people who don't know god's word people who don't take the time out of their day to study a chapter a chapter it's the reason why americans are starting to lose faith i was watching um um on fox news by the year uh 2070 there will only be 35% of americans will be christians only 35% will be christians here in america and this and and this is the reason why because people abuse the scriptures they twist it into a way where they can fit into their lifestyles and they will proclaim it as the truth and this is the reason why the church is under attack because they think that all christians are the same they think they read the same bible and that is why and and we're getting and we're getting punished for that we're getting punished for that because the church of christ we we don't have any tv programs we're not able to go on tv and and speak the truth we 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 just can't do that now what we're doing here and i know um i have another friend who's doing a podcast as well this is what we this is why we we're doing this it's to fight back against the fake news of Christianity. Yeah, it's it's important for us to uh, understand that uh, as people, it's not our responsibility to change God's word. It's not our responsibility to make God's word more appealing. It's not our responsibility to do anything other than to present the entirety of the gospel in its truth. Uh, we we don't add anything to it. We don't take anything away from it. We simply speak the truth. That's right. All right, let's dive back into this lesson. The world, they are starting to create a philosophy that if we don't condone their sins, then we are not loving. And that, that's basically what cancel culture is all about. If, if we don't accept them for what they want to do, then we are not loving. If we even disagree with them on a certain political issue, then by their philosophy, by their philosophy we automatically hate them. That's what they believe. When you, when you cover debates and you cover logical fallacies uh what they've set up here is a straw man uh, they're yeah. saying 
it, it's a very easy argument to put up and to destroy that uh, you hate me. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to continue to toss that out there instead of addressing the real issue, which is that they don't want to recognize the truth and God's word. They're going to set up the straw man. They're going to say that you you hate me. They're going to say that you're not a loving person because then they can t- convince themselves that the opposition is wrong and that they don't even need to listen to what it is that they have to say. They don't even have to listen to God's word because it's just full of hatred. And they're unwilling to look at the, the truth behind these things. Right, yeah. They're unwilling to engage in a conversation and they're unwilling to look at the facts of Scripture. It, and they're, they're scared of that because they're so used to living that certain lifestyle that they don't want to give it up. They don't want to give it up. They love what they're doing. And I'm sure a lot of people who are not Christians, you know, they— they want to believe that there's a life after death. They want to believe that, you know, there's a heaven. But they just, they want to live the way they want to live. And they don't want to give up that lifestyle for a different type of lifestyle. Because that will require them to make a sacrifice of that particular lifestyle that they want to live. And so to them, I would ask, which is worse, to allow a person to continue in their sin that is eventually going to result in the eternal loss of their soul, or simply sitting down and having an awkward conversation with them about the the gospel message of Christ, to give them a chance to hear what he has done for them, to give them a chance to respond to his love and the offer that he has put out for them. Uh, I think to me, there's no greater love that we can have as individuals than to love one's soul. Physical needs are important, and, you know, the scriptures definitely talk about how we should ease the burdens of those who are struggling greatly with physical things, that we should share those burdens and equalize our situations with one another. But far more important throughout the scriptures is watching out for each other's souls. That eternal destination of our soul should be the number one priority uh, of us as Christians. Agree. You know— when we're talking about love here, I think people have lost the true meaning of love. Love isn't always just showing affection to one another. It's also about, love is about showing that you care. Caring for someone, you know, also means giving a hard dose of reality. If a friend who cared deeply about does something wrong, a loving friend would tell them that that what they are doing is wrong. Let me let me give you an example. It's completely made up, by the way. I just made it up. This example, your best friend, who you have known all your life, and you have also gone to church with them all your life, starts cursing and swearing. He or she uses every filthy word known to man. Now, a loving friend has the duty, I would argue. It's not optional. It is the duty of the best friend to stand up and say, 
it's not good for you to swear. And you back that up with reasoning. Like, for instance, Colossians 3 verse 8 states that we must put away all filthy language. Now, here's the hard part. Now, due to that love, there are two outcomes that can come out of this. Outcome number one, you lose that friend because they don't like being corrected and told what to do. Or, outcome number two, your friend will repent of their error and you will have gained that friend back. Whatever outcome you get, know that love will always prevail. How do I know this? 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, as I stated earlier, it tells me that God is love, and God will always prevail, no matter what outcome. God will always be there to give you that emotional support. If you lose a friend, God can certainly be God would certainly be willing to fill that void. Yeah, and you know, another thing, another way to look at it is that if a, a longtime friend of yours who is a Christian who you fellowship uh begins to go off into sin, you've already lost a friend. Uh you're in first John already, first John chapter one, beginning with verse five. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Our fellowship as Christians, our friendship as Christians, is determined first on our obedience to Christ. We cannot have fellowship with one another. Uh, you and I could not have fellowship unless we first are able to have fellowship with Christ by walking in the light as he is in the light. Another thing that Jesus said was in uh, Revelation chapter 3 uh, and verse 19. There as he's speaking to the churches in Asia. He had some pretty harsh words to say for some of them. He had some things that were unpleasant for them to hear. Mm. And yet he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Uh, he's telling them, I love you enough that I'm going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to chasten you. Be zealous and repent. Be a good friend in response to the care that I am showing you. And do what you need to do to correct yourself. That really is it. You're able to, you, you, you care about these people. But you care enough so much that you were willing to tell them that what they are doing is wrong and that they need to do a 180 in their life, completely turn away from what they are doing and go a different direction. Find a better direction. Let me help you find a better direction. That is what love is, and that's what Christ is. Yeah, and it reminds me of a scripture that I covered recently in a sermon. In Ezekiel chapter 3, beginning with verse 16, 
Uh, there Ezekiel is receiving a vision from God, and God is giving him a mission. Uh, now we understand that the the time period of history that Ezekiel came into as a prophet of the Lord was not a pleasant one to be called a prophet of the Lord. It was not a good ministry to enter into by any means. And so there God's giving him a warning. He says in verse 16, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning for me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness, and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning. Also you will have delivered your soul. As you look at these things, God is giving Ezekiel a very important uh, aspect of his ministry, that he is going to be the warning of what's going to be happening to their souls. He's going to be the warning of where the eternal destination is going to be. And if he does not give them that warning, if he does not make them aware of their sin, of the issues that are going on, he's going to also... Uh, be faced with an issue. And so today we think of watchmen in a much different sense. We don't have walled cities hardly anymore. Uh, we're not worried about invasion or, you know, we have all sorts of different ways to deal with those things. But we do have tornado sirens, you know, weather radars, uh, uh, even military radar systems that would uh, respond to, to missile threats, those sorts of things. And those today are our watchmen. They are to give us an advance warning that we have as much time as possible to deal with whatever situation is coming. If there's a tornado coming and the sirens go off, uh, that gives us as much time as possible to move to a safe place. And so here Ezekiel is told, you are responsible for giving these people as much time as possible to deal with their sin before it is too late, before their judgment arises, and they're going to be judged unfavorably. Let's look at that woman at the well here in John chapter four. Now I'm it's a it's pretty lengthy. I'm not gonna read it, but I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with this particular story about the woman at the well. And one of the things um that's very interesting here. This is a complete stranger to him. He's never met her before. But yet, he knows who she is. He knows... He knows who she is because he is God. Look at verse... Um, let me let me read this to prove it to you that he did he didn't know who she was 
but he knows her lifestyle. She knows what she's been through. Uh, let me find it. Verses 16 through 18. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. So here, this is where Jesus acknowledges her sin. He acknowledged the sin in her life and told her that she needed to have a relationship with God. She needed to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus is he who she waited for. There was a reason why that woman was at that well, at that particular day, at that particular moment. And that was her conversion. And that is why th this is a really good example. It, it's a very good example on how to deal with someone who is living in sin. You, you don't just bash, her, bash them. And don't don't just talk down to them. You know, you're living in sin. You're going to go to hell for what you're doing. You know, you, you don't do that stuff. You can't do that stuff. You acknowledge the problem. You acknowledge the sin in a polite and loving manner. And you say, you need to worship God in spirit and in truth. What you're doing is wrong. You need to turn away from this. Yeah, and as James chapter 4, verse 17 states, uh, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Uh, as we read through so many of these verses today, uh, we know that we as Christians must transform ourselves to resist conforming to this world. Uh, there's something that uh, we know to do good, and if we don't do it, it is sin. We know that we must stand up for the truth, that we must cry out as watchmen. Again, to know we know to do good now if we don't do it it is sin uh, we as christians all need to to band together uh, to help one another to encourage each other as we continue to face some of the difficulties that are going on in this life uh, the last verse i wanted to read today i don't know if you have any more jimmy but the last one i wanted to look at today is ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 here uh, he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Uh, there he tells us that if we as Christians will stand upon the truth and stand upon the truth with love, the love of Christ that he had for people on this earth, that all of us, as he, he mentions earlier in this writing, uh, those who were called to be apostles, those who were called to be prophets, those who were called to be 
uh, pastors, teachers, whatever you might be within the Church of Christ, whatever you might be within Christ's kingdom, uh, we all are working together to speak the truth in love that we may all together grow up into all things into him who is the head of Christ, that we might become an acceptable image, an acceptable church to present to Christ. Well, I think this was a, a very, very good start to this journey. As we embark on this journey, again, you know, we, we need to state the reason why we're doing this is we had to prepare ourselves to be the watchmen. We had to be ready to face the many and various and diverse issues that will be heading to our doorstep. If you haven't, if you or your congregation haven't faced these social issues that are plaguing our nation right now, they will be coming to you. And you have to be prepared to defend your beliefs, and you have to be ready to defend God. We as Christians, we have to we we have to stand together to face these pressures of the of this world. We have to resist conforming to the ideologies of man, and we have to be able to transform our minds. To be more like Christ. Final All thoughts, right, well, Dylan? Yeah, I think uh, a great first discussion. Uh, I want to thank anybody who takes the time to, to listen to these things. Again, if you have anything you would like to add, any thoughts that you would like to share with us, uh, our Facebook page, again, is at Transformed Real. Our email is also transformedreal at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear back from you. Uh, we'd love to participate with you. We also have a Discord server. If anybody is familiar with the Discord app and would like to participate in communication with us there, uh, you can find the invite link on our Facebook page to join that. Uh, with those thoughts in mind, Jimmy, would you like to lead us in a closing prayer? Or will. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we are so thankful for allowing us to to do this and to the best of our ability to spread your your word to our fellow brothers and sisters of Christ and to those who have not accepted you and to those who are earnestly seeking you. We pray, Father, that these lessons that we will present will be fully and acceptable to you and that we always follow the guidance of your word. We pray, Father, that you will lead anyone who is in need of you. We pray that you will lead them to us. Bless this program that we are doing. We pray, Father, that it will be successful and it will help and be encouraging to others and to us we are so thankful for many things but we are especially thankful for your son who died on the cross for our sins 
for without that sacrifice we would have no hope of eternal life with you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.